I'm Brad Kepler. And I'm Ray Rogers. You're listening to Fix This, a podcast exploring tech ideas and solutions to some of today's largest challenges. COVID-19 continues to be one of the largest, most complex problems facing every corner of the world. And while the global scientific community has made great strides over the last six months, there's still so much we don't know. Globally, we're still trying to understand how many people are currently or have historically been infected and exactly how they're being infected. Part of understanding the disease is being able to quickly and accurately diagnose it. Today, we're taking a closer look at how cloud technology is helping to speed the time to science. Building better diagnostic resources for healthcare providers around the world will ultimately help us better understand the spread of the disease, its effects, and how we can better treat and prevent it. First up, Maggie Carter, head of the Amazon Web Services Disaster Response Team. The Disaster Response Team's mission is to keep organizations running at times of crisis by providing mission-critical technical and logistical support. In response to the pandemic, the AWS Disaster Response Team created the AWS Diagnostic Development Initiative, or what we call the DDI. Through DDI, AWS is investing over $20 million to support customers that seek to bring better, more accurate diagnostic solutions to market faster and promote better collaboration across organizations who share similar goals. Partnering researchers receive AWS in-kind credits and technical support to fully harness the power of the cloud to combat the disease. Here's Brad with Maggie. Maggie, why diagnostics? There are several reasons that we've chosen diagnostics as an area that we're focused on. First is accurate detection is the tip of the spear for any effective pandemic response strategy. Diagnostics are largely underfunded. Typically, funding goes towards, you know, vaccine development, therapy development, but diagnostics is critical to that continuum of care and for us to mitigate the outbreak. And in fact, the US FDA and the WHO have called for increased investment in the development of diagnostics tools as it relates to COVID-19. And then in addition to that, what we found is organizations working on diagnostics, they need reliable, scalable compute power which we can deliver to them along with our technical expertise, right? So pairing the two of those together to really help advance and scale researchers, their process and analytics of large data sets. And we want them to be able to iterate quickly at scale. DDI is open to accredited research institutions, research consortia, and private entities that are AWS customers. Uh, Can you give any examples of the work those folks have done so far with the support of DDI? I'd love to. So a good example is a great work by the researchers at the Chan Zuckerberg Biohub in California. So they built a model that estimates the number of COVID-19 infections that go undetected and then the consequences for public health systems. They've done this by analyzing 12 regions across the globe. They're using machine learning and through the partnership with AWS DDI, they've developed new methods to quantify undetected infections. And then they're analyzing how the virus mutates as it spreads through the population that then infer how many transmissions have been missed. And so through these examples and other um, use cases with customers, what we're finding is that researchers require significant compute resources including many AWS services, right? Like Amazon EC2 GPU accelerated instances. And these services enable researchers to iteratively process data, train their models, and deploy production inferences as API endpoint or to point of care devices faster. 
So by providing expertise and AWS DDI credits to customers at the forefront of diagnostic tool development, AWS is focused on enabling new solutions to market to mitigate the spread of COVID-19. Dr. Duncan Ferguson, a resident in the University of British Columbia's radiology department, works at Vancouver General Hospital. Dr. Ferguson and team are working to build and provide better diagnostic tools to better detect COVID-19. Here's Brad with Dr. Ferguson. I was looking on the UBC website and I have this stat that has sat with me. The UBC website cites that three in 10 people carrying the disease will be sent home after testing negative. Why is this happening? Yeah, and I think that number is is quite shocking. And the number is based on a a study that was published quite early on in about mid-February in a quite highly valued radiology journal. And in that study, they, they had 51 patients and 50 of them had an abnormal CT scan, but only 36 of those patients had a positive PCR COVID test. Um, and so what they were finding was that roughly 30% of patients had evidence of COVID infections on their CTs, but had a negative PCR test. And so that result, along with kind of more reports about asymptomatic carriers of the illness, um, sparked a huge conversation and debate about, around the utility of CT scans um, for diagnosis and, and possibly screening. And so that's kind of why it was happening, was, was CT scans were showing the potential to be more sensitive to detecting COVID than the PCR tests. I do want to note, though, that since mid-February, PCR testing sensitivity has greatly improved, and there have been international radiology societies that have released these clearer guidelines on CT's role in COVID management. And in spite of that, it is clear that there is still a role for CT, and especially for our model, in quantitatively evaluating the extent of disease and providing uh, prognostic information. What's the relationship between University of British Columbia and Vancouver General Hospital as it relates to tackling COVID-19? The University of British Columbia uh, Cloud Innovation Center uh, has been working with a team of uh, radiologists from Vancouver General Hospital. They're led by Dr. Savas Nicolau and Dr. William Parker. And we're working towards developing an AI model that's really looking at CT scans and analyzing them in COVID-19 infected patients. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. So tell us about the open source AI model for COVID that VGH is developing. Yeah, so this model was born out of the international impact of, of the COVID-19 illness. From a radiology or medical imaging perspective, we know that COVID, uh, when it infects a patient, can result in varying degrees of changes in the lungs. And we can see that on a CT scan of the chest. It can look like a small haziness or a ground glass appearance, all the way to a complete whitening or consolidation of parts of the lung. And depending on this distribution of haziness or or consolidation in affected lungs, uh, radiologists can tell if it's fitting a pattern of disease that matches the COVID infection. And this pattern or fingerprint that COVID impresses on the lungs is, uh, is what we are capturing with our open source AI model. And so being able to quantify that extent and distribution of lung involvements with this model and correlating it with the amount of care that the patient requires helps us provide an important prognostic value to help guide the allocation of uh, limited healthcare resources. So what I mean by that is that our model will be able to predict that a patient's uh, fingerprint or pattern of illness on CT is unlikely to require like ventilation or extensive support such as ECMO in hospital. Um, And so because of that, 
that ventilator or ECMO machine would remain free to be used for someone else who would require more uh, intervention or more help. Not only is this model being developed, but your team is pushing to have the results and the data shared with the centers around the world. I'm particularly interested in how your team has leveraged the cloud to connect with these other research centers to share that data. How are you able to do that on a global scale? Yeah, we've, we've connected with these imaging departments in China, in South Korea, Italy, Saudi Arabia, and we've got these CT scans from them and uploaded it onto uh, Amazon S3. And we've stored terabytes upon terabytes of, of imaging scans there. Having images from COVID patients from all of these countries strengthens our models and uh, makes them less biased to any regional patient information bias uh, that may be present. It's absolutely key to have a quick global response to spread medical knowledge and to have practical screening, diagnostic, and treatment options available worldwide. And without the support from, from AWS DDI, the amount of international collaboration that we've achieved to this point would not have been possible. And certainly not to the degree that, that it's been and, and not at the speed that we've done it. You mentioned what phase one of this open source AI model looks like. What does phase two of your model look like? And how might clinicians across the world benefit from this? One thing that we noticed was that the recognition of the different lung infection patterns on CT scans was definitely something we could improve upon. So we're quite excited about our new labeling strategy that kind of help us, helps us navigate that uncertain space. We're adding more resolution to that COVID fingerprint that we've been identifying with their, our phase one model. And because of that new resolution, we'll be creating a new, more powerful model or a powerful tool to predict patient outcomes with. And so just like phase one, phase two will be open source and freely available for clinicians around the world. And really, it's our hope that physicians will use this model in their centers, give us feedback on, on what is and what isn't working, and eventually that this model will be used to guide level of treatment decisions. One of my hopes for this project is that the pipeline that we've been developing using AWS and the online services and using the cloud to develop this AI model for COVID uh, would serve as a guide for future AI groups. And while it's not, not a guide that should be written in stone or in, in Sharpie or anything, I do hope that future AI groups will be able to improve upon that process. And in the event of another future global disease crisis, that the response could be swift and effective. Dr. Ferguson said it best. Global collaboration is critical to speeding the time to science, especially when dealing with a disease that spreads as quickly as this one does. Early in the pandemic, Italy was the epicenter of the outbreak. In February 2020, a man tested positive for the disease in the northern town of Codogno. And 16 days later, Italy had moved from a handful of recorded COVID cases to around 6,000. Not far from the original outbreak site, Centro Diagnostico Italiano, a collection of clinical diagnostic centers in northern Italy, turned their attention to combating the spread of the virus by way of artificial intelligence-driven research initiatives. Brad chatted with Dr. Marco Ali, a scientific advisor within CDI, to learn more about why diagnosing COVID-19 is a challenge and how the DDI is helping to power CDI's research. With COVID-19, patients react in very different ways. Some experience only minor issues, like a cough or a fever, while others experience just much more severe symptoms that can require more aggressive treatment like ventilation. What makes predicting the effects of coronavirus so difficult? We were the first Western country hit by coronavirus. During this period, thousands of patients 
arrive in our hospital. Uh, what we, we saw in our experience is that for some reason that we don't know why, to people with similar symptoms and a similar chest X-ray examination, they have a completely different clinical outcome after three, four days. Someone go back to home and stay at home uh, like a normal flu. And uh, the other one quickly drop in a very dramatic situation. For example, the need of intensive care unit. And uh, we have to, to understand why this happened in, the, in these patients. This February, CDI pivoted to focus on combating the coronavirus pandemic by providing better diagnostic tools for doctors and hospitals. So what are these tools you're developing? This project, uh, EI for COVID, bo- was born uh, from an idea of uh, CDI, Centro Diagnostico Italiano, and uh, Braco Imaging. Braco Imaging is uh, involved in the role of data analysis and uh, the developing of the artificial intelligence algorithm for the analysing of the, of the images. The radiologists don't have any information about the, the progression of the disease. So we have to investigate this kind of uh, examination using a more advanced tool like, like artificial intelligence. Because we cannot see all the information that are inside these uh, images. In some cases, we can detect features that are specifically in a patient that go to one scenario compared to other one. We're continually learning more about COVID-19 as time goes on. In partnering with AWS DDI, your team has created an open access database to share images and findings with the worldwide medical community. Why is sharing that information and collaborating on a global scale so important to fighting this pandemic? If we want to win this uh, war against this virus, we have to collaborate with the other colleagues around the world with Amazon Web Services. We are creating an open access database to share our data, our results. In this way, we can work on the same data with other partners around the world and improve the probability to find a solution to this important problem. How is the work you're doing now going to impact the future of research? What are the lessons learned that we can carry forward? Yeah, the, the study will have a lot of uh, results that are not directly linked to our goal. For example, the study allowed us to, to create a network uh, that is composed by hospital, informatics centers. If we share our data with the other partners around the world and they do the same with us, uh, we can uh, put our energy to the same goals and uh, we can achieve this goal faster. Against this kind of problem, alone we cannot do anything. Work with the other people around the world, because uh, together we can do better. A big thank you to our guests, Maggie, Dr. Ali, and Dr. Ferguson. To learn more about the AWS DDI and all of the work AWS is doing to support research and organizations in response to COVID-19, visit aws.amazon.com slash health slash COVID-19. And thanks for listening to today's episode of Fix This. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. We'll be here on the next one.